You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Well, thank you for coming to another episode of Marketing News Canada. My next guest doesn't need much of an introduction, Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix. Thank you for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, what's really exciting, though, um, your podcast, That Will Never Work, your book, That Will Never Work, The Birth of Netflix. We need to talk about this. Tell me about the concept of why you took the time to write that book for others. What was the heart behind it? Well, the funny thing is, you know, I wrote that book God, 15, 16 years after I left Netflix. Uh, and so this is not like something that I was dying to tell that story. It's just that over time, I begin to have some distance, um, not just from the company, but more importantly, from my role in it. And I finally realized I probably could tell the story honestly, which was warts and all, what my role truly was, what I did right, what I did wrong. Um, also, the company had begun to become successful enough and had in some ways been glorified as uh, it instantly leapt out of nowhere to be this massive worldwide sensation. And I wanted people to understand that startups aren't like that, that they struggle for years and that there's challenges, but excitement. And I wanted some people to get the real stories kind of behind the founding of an iconic company. And the real reason though, is that over the years, I'd kind of come to realize that all of these tips and tricks and secrets that I'd learned in 40 years as an entrepreneur turned out to be the exact same tips and tricks and secrets that anybody could use to take an idea and make it real, whether it was a business idea or not. And I kind of wanted to share those things with people, that they could use them Yes, if you want to start a company, but more importantly, if you had some other challenge you wanted to take on, if you had this idea that you wanted to see made real. And, and I love a challenge, and I had never written a book before, so I go, wouldn't this be kind of a fun thing to, uh, to figure out? Amazing. I want to talk about the birth story of the commuting in your car with Reed Hastings and what that was like, just driving each day back and forth and just what that brainstorm looked like. Because I think there's a lot of people listening to this show that have brainstormed with friends before in a car and nothing's come of it. Tell me what it was like, those drives. Well, Reed and I, to start, had been commuting back and forth to work for a long time. So we already had this habit of commuting. We lived in the same town. His company, the one he had founded and was running, had bought a company that I had started. And so we got a chance to hang out together. And it was only after this bigger company was sold and then both of us were out of idea that the tenor of these car rides changed into what are we gonna do next? And for me, you know, Netflix was my sixth startup. And so for me, it was pretty obvious. Okay, I'm gonna do number six. Uh, Reed wasn't so sure he wanted to start another company. Uh, he wanted to change the world. He was going to become an educational philanthropist. And so his interest was different. He wanted to kind of keep a hand in the startup game. So the deal was he'd be my angel investor. I would start and run the company. Uh, he'd be on the board and we'd both get what we wanted. So these car rides came down to the missing ingredient, which is what should this company be? And this is not like Reed and I were movie buffs. We did not spend these car rides debating who the best French directors were, or who should win. 
you know, best cinematography at the Academy Awards. We were normal guys. We had young kids. We spent most of our movie watching time watching Disney shows. Instead, we were looking for interesting businesses. And we had some criteria. But listen, I'll give you an example of one of the ideas that I pitched to read on this commute, just to give you a sense of the kind of crazy stuff that would go on. Oh, here it is. All right. Picture this, as, which is how all pitches have to start. Picture this. Customized shampoo by mail. You cut off a lock of your hair. You yep. mail it to us and our team of ace hair scientists formulate a custom blend just for you and then you subscribe to it. And these car rides would basically be Reed sitting there silent, maybe 30 seconds, maybe 60, maybe two minutes. And you could almost hear the wheels churning. And then he'd go, that'll never work. And then he'd ruthlessly dissect why the idea would never work. But of course, I don't go down easy. And so I would come right back at him with all the reasons I thought this might work. And through that process of debate, we'd wrestle the idea to the ground. And either way, I'd go to the office and I'd spend, um, you know, all day researching the idea. And I'd get back in the car and I'd go, I read, you're right, that's a bad one. Okay, here's another one custom dog food you know we'll formulate a blend for your breed for his age for his gender etc and another one i pitched him was um video rental by mail wow eight billion dollar category read um and blockbuster yeah they're huge but people hate blockbuster we can do better than this and i had had you know two of my previous startups were mail order companies so uh I really understood logistics, the shipping things back and forth. I understood personalization. Um, And so Reed was intrigued by that idea. Incredible. I want to talk about 1% for the planet. There's organizations that, uh, you know, put B Corp on their their products, and there's a lot of great organizations that put on 1% for the planet. Those that don't know what it is, want to explain it for folks that are listening. It's actually an organization that was the brainchild of Yvonne Chouinard, the founder and head of um, Patagonia, who recognized that every company, regardless of their line of business, uses some form of resource and in some ways has an obligation um, to pay back in some way toward restoring or rebuilding or preserving uh, the planet. And the model that he came up with was he wanted every company to contribute 1% of their revenue back toward helping the planet. Uh, and they stepped up and said, Patagonia will commit to giving 1% of its revenue. Um, and that was the genesis of 1% for the planet. And from his leadership, it has now been more than 20 years, um, now there are thousands of organizations who've all committed and have pledged that they would commit 1% of their revenue toward environmental causes. And again, this is not 1% of profit. This is 1% of revenue. So this is a dig deep kind of thing. Um, And Yvonne's feeling, which I completely um, support, was that that's insignificant considering how important it is that we uh, take care of the planet, which is providing all of these resources for us uh, to be able to live here. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I want to know more about what goes on in your head kind of day to day. Like the, the, when you, um, you know, the, the book you wrote, incredible, by the way, the podcast that you're contributing, how can people who are maybe getting rejected and, and being told no, what do you think? Because you talk a lot about it, it was in you, you the, the drive, the curiosity, like the fascination, right? Of what did I do wrong? What was maybe, was there a voice in your head? Was there someone around you? Was there a person in your life? Or what do you think it was? Was it nature? Was it nurture that drove you to be like that? I don't. I don't know. I. I I'm yeah. pretty sure it's nature. Um, okay. You're born with it, like Maybelline. Maybe you're born with it. The thing is, you asked the nature-oriented side of it, yes. which is what? Where does it start from? And it yeah. starts from. It starts from curiosity. Um, yes. It starts from. I wonder if I can. And perhaps the nurture piece of it is people encouraging that behavior. I mean, certainly. My parents were ones that were always willing to support me taking the riskier path when I came to a fork in the road. You know, I, I, I'd come home and say, hey, um, I got this opportunity to go caving this weekend. And I know that so many parents would say, what are you out of your mind? You're going to get killed. You're going to get lost. It's dark. And they'd go, oh, that sounds really incredible. Absolutely. Wow. And you go, okay. And then pretty soon you begin to get the comfort taking the uncomfortable, challenging, uncertain forks um, on your own. Just being exposed to things. And the other piece of it is that it's very, very hard. Like It's like learning a language. It's very, very hard to be thrown into the deep end with things. You say, I'm, I'm just learning Spanish, so I'm going to get a job as a simultaneous translator at the United Nations. You're, you're going to be way over your head. Uh, you have to be willing to sound like you're a four-year-old for a long time. And that's part of it, which is why for people who are interested in doing these sort of things, you've got to start early or you've got to start simply. You don't need to start early, but you've got to take small steps and, and make your errors at a small scale. So you gain this confidence that the errors did not damage me. They didn't, people didn't hate me. I'm no worse off. I didn't... It's, it's fine. And then little by little, you gain that confidence to make bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger risks and take bigger and bigger chances. But it all comes from, for me, a lifetime of incrementing my way through the process of learning how to take on unfamiliar challenges, learning how to try things, figuring out techniques to make my tests quicker and cheaper and simpler. But... but the, the drive behind it, the why do what I do, I think this comes from curiosity. And that, I think, was always, uh, always there. I love the idea of you know, putting up billboards that, that are kind of cryptic, right? And, and maybe that's going to draw the people versus just setting up a very fancy, you know, Shark's Tank, Dragon's Den-esque experience to find those people that maybe you want to invest in next, right? Whether it's mentoring them or, or financially. It, it, I've changed. I've changed quite a bit. You know, I, I do a fair amount of it. I did and do a fair amount of angel investing, but I really quickly realized that it's too hard, or it's too hard to do it to make money at it, because the businesses that I love are the really early stage ones, where people are still have this really interesting business problem, and they're not quite sure how to solve it yet, and. Th 
the odds of those succeeding are extremely low. And so rather than spending my time trying to handicap which ones are gonna be the ones that are gonna make money or not make money, I now have changed my criteria entirely. And now I'm looking at who do I wanna give a shot at this? Who do I think would be interesting to have a front row seat watching them take on a really interesting problem? Who do I wanna give a chance to have the same type of experiences that I had a chance to take? And so I'm really just staking people on their voyages of exploration. And sometimes, yeah, they come back and they're economically um, rewarding. Most of the time, not. But if you're in it for this reason to, to see someone take the shot at it, you, and every single investment has paid off. Amazing. You, uh, you, this story reminds me so much, and, and just reading your book reminds me of this story of the, the young boy who, um, you know, someone was making fun of his people and was, was saying all sorts of curse words at them. So he went down to this little stream, found a few little stones, and, uh, and, and took on this giant, right? It's, <laughs> it's this, this idea of you, you, you started a company where, you know, the Amazon the giant, Blockbuster the giant was around. But you had had your experience. This young boy tells the story, you know, I had had experience with a bear and I've protected my sheep. He had the worst job, the youngest kid of the family. And, but he went down there with courage uh, and curiosity to say, I wonder if these stones will take out this giant. Because everyone else was scared. Yeah. And, and even the king, right? The king had this amazing armor, but was not willing to go down. But you were, I've been willing to go down and use these little stones. And, uh, you know, Blockbuster is no longer. And, but you're, you know, when you start, your aspiration isn't, I wonder if I can start a company which will someday have 200 million subscribers and produce its own television shows and do its own. Oh, and wouldn't it be cool if we could have like a Netflix and chill meme? I mean, you're, you're not thinking about that stuff for a second. You're going, I yeah. wonder if I can figure out a way to get anybody to rent movies by mail. I wonder if I could get that to work. Yeah. And the scale you're going, gosh, if I could just be the size of a single blockbuster store, that would be really cool because that would be probably economically viable. And then, of course, you go, whoa, I, I did it. Uh, you know, we're at the size of a single block. I wonder if I could be as big as like a top 10 video chain. And yeah. so, you know, you, 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 it's like climbing a mountain. You got to climb each little hill to get to the next hill to get to the next yeah. hill. Uh, the immensity of trying to go all the way to the top in one shot with no experience is uh, crazy. <laughs> There's all these um, famous business memes. I'm sure we've all seen. I'm sure you've seen it where, it, where it gives the quote about the time when you know Blockbuster turned down the opportunity to buy Netflix. Uh, I, and I assume you were in that meeting and you walked away from that meeting. What, what did it just feel like? Give me the feeling of that. Just terrifying, uh, extremely depressing. We had we had fought for months to get that meeting. We had only agreed to try and sell ourselves to Blockbuster because we were convinced that if we did not do that, we'd be out of business. To us, it was self-evidently a fantastic opportunity because we were terrified that Blockbuster would do it without us, would create a blended model where they had stores and an online business. And when we finally got the meeting, I was going, oh my gosh, we've done it. Uh, we've solved the problem, or at least it's someone else's problem. And so when they laughed at us and they said $50 million, <laughs> ridiculous. It was uh, this incredible weight because we had thought this was going to be like, and the movies, you know, it's the deus ex machina. 
where the, the heroes are trapped in the dead, the dead end canyon and they're surrounded by the enemy and there's no way out. And then dun 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 there comes the cavalry and they're saved. But no, not only was the cavalry not arriving, the cavalry was going to compete with us. And so all I could think was, I know there's no easy way out here. There is no secret path. There's no trick. And, you know, my dad sometimes used to say when things were tough, he goes, you know, Mark, sometimes the only way out is through. And that was certainly the case here. We would have to do this on our own. Amazing. Well, Mark, Father's Day is coming up. So shout out to all the dads that have passed along or, or dad figures in people's lives that have passed on amazing wisdom like that. Thank you to the moms that have uh, invested in us, whether emotionally <laughs> or even with cash. That's incredible. Mark, thank you for joining us on Marketing News Canada. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And thanks so much for having me and uh, letting me share some stories. All right, everyone. This is Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix. But more importantly, make sure you check out his book, his podcast. Uh, it's very inspiring. That will never work. The birth of Netflix and the amazing life of an idea. It's kind of behind the scenes. You get this incredible opportunity to see what really was going on behind uh, an idea that didn't just pop out of nowhere. Right, we'll see you next time on Marketing News Canada. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.